Welcome to episode 3 of the Mildly Unstable podcast. Please excuse the poor sound quality. Ray was sitting too close to the microphone. We will take care of this problem in the future. Disclaimer. This episode talks about topics including eating disorders, suicidal ideation, grief, depression, and undiagnosed mental illness. Viewer discretion is advised. Welcome to episode three of Mildly Unstable Podcast. I'm Ray. And I'm Hannah. And we are back today with more absolute chaos. Of Just course. more chaos. We did a take earlier before to try to start the podcast, and it was literally, hi! I completely forgot what I was saying. And then, we like, just, stared just, at each other. just absolute silence. We just yeah. stared at each other for a while. How's your latte? It's good. I made Hannah a Nutella latte. It was an ice latte, but there's no ice in it because I didn't have ice. So I just made the espresso with the Nutella, and then I put milk, um, dairy-free because I'm lactose intolerant, um, and then I stuck it in the fridge for a while. I love so. it. I love it. And I'm not normally an espresso person. No? Like, I'm usually a true and true cold brew. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, what did I show you before this episode, Hannah? You showed me a new cover that you yes. were on. Yes, yeah. That is I, sick. I redid um, a cover of an old one. I did that a long time ago, actually. Mm-hmm. I did a cover of Trees by 21 Pilots. Um, I can tell you the exact date. Give me a second. It, I put it on my channel when I like first started making covers, uh-huh. and all I had was a microphone um, an XLR to USB cord and Audacity. And that was all I had. I didn't have any good... It wasn't even a good microphone. Yeah. It wasn't good equipment. I got it for, like... I think it was, like, $17... Oh, my God. ...at Walmart. Okay. Like, it was it was a terrible microphone. Um, and I started making covers on my YouTube channel because I just really... I, wa- I always wanted to make covers. And I started my YouTube channel be- to do that. So... Let's see. When did I make... That makes sense, though, because I remember last time you were like, I'm going to make another cover of this song, and I was like, I feel like you've done that before. Yeah, I did. I did. So I made this cover. Let's see. I uploaded it. Um, It's a terrible cover. (laughs) (laughs) I uploaded it. um, Let's see. Uh, It says... October 6th, 2016. Okay. So I made it um, a long, a long time ago. Um, That's about five years ago now. Um, I started making covers just because I had always wanted to make covers. And I want to say it's actually... No. What was the first cover I ever made? Let me see. Um, I think the first cover I ever made was This is Gospel. Mm -hmm. And it's awful it's an (laughs) awful cover um so there's that and then two covers later i made a green day cover and a 21 pilots cover i made trees and Mm. it's significantly low quality it is just an absolute train wreck um it's not good um most of my earlier covers are not amazing i think the first time i made a cover that i was actually proud of was Ode to Sleep. That's another Tony One Pilots cover. Um, it was after the first real cover, like not musical theater that I made that I was really proud of was Ode to Sleep. Um, after that was, before that I made Farmer Refuted. Okay. And I layered my voice on top of my voice. That's and I cool. thought that was really cool. Um, and then I didn't start getting good at making covers until like recently. So I would probably say... The cover that really kind of turned my channel around was a remake of Migraine by 21 mm-hmm. Pilots, which was an earlier cover I made. It's a remake of it, and that was probably the first cover that I was like, okay, I, I, have, I have my footing now. It took me, that was probably a year or two ago. So it's, it took me a good th- yeah. three or four years to uh, really find my footing for my YouTube channel. That's fair. Music production is 
It's a pain. It's, it's hard. You know, Especially it's not easy. when you come from, like, self-learning. It's yeah. difficult. Yeah, I didn't... I, I learned everything myself. I didn't take any classes. I just kind of, like went on YouTube and, like, looked up how to do stuff. Which is super impressive in and of itself. Yeah, and I know we talked about AJR on the last podcast. Um, The, I said that one of the guys in the band does all their producing. I watched over quarantine. Uh Uh-huh. He did live streams of... That's cool. ...breaking down how he produced the songs. Mm -hmm. So I just went through and, like, watched all of them. Yeah. And uh, I, I just kind of, like picked up things here and there and then all of a sudden like my covers got a lot better yeah like um so i just made the trees cover i made a remake of it and it's the it's the best cover i've ever it's made sick. absolutely the best cover i've ever made a hundred percent like i've never made a better cover than that yeah so um we wanted to talk about healthy eating yes. this week because I started Noom, which for those of you who don't know, Noom is a weight loss program that uses psychology mm-hmm. to help you maintain uh, your weight loss. Yes. And I am, I've been doing it since last, I want to say Wednesday I started. No, last Thursday. So it's been a little less than a week and I'm down a pound, mm. which is... Not a huge deal, but it's something. It's better than nothing. Yeah. So uh, that's cool. Um, I like it a lot. I yeah. I I sh- have struggled in the past with disordered eating. Um, I struggled with bulimia at one point in my life, and um, well, more than one point in my life. And uh, I was doing Weight Watchers for a while, and Weight Watchers was making my disordered eating a lot worse. Yeah, I find that um, they don't really base it off of people who have a history of dieting and, like, bad disordered eating. They're just kind of like, this is a person walking in for the first time, wanting yeah. to lose weight for the first time in their life, and it yeah. doesn't work no. for a lot of people. It wasn't super helpful. Um, they give you, for those of you who don't know who, how Weight Watchers work, they give you a certain amount of points a day and every food has a point value and you track your points every day and um you go to a meeting every week and mm-hmm. literally it uh, the meetings enough were to make me not want to do it yeah it's because just kind of like a bunch of strangers you it don't was know. it was like alcoholics anonymous yeah you like sit in a circle i remember the last weight watchers meeting i ever went to one lady cried because she ate over on her points the day before because she ate two corn on the cob. Yeah. And I was like, that it was like, should not be here. It was this ridiculous. Does not feel good. No, it was crazy because, like, I would sit in a circle with these people I had never met, and they were like, I had cake, I'm going to hell. And it was like, what is happening? So, um... A lot of it was like, Weight Watchers felt very much like there's a lot of foods you shouldn't be eating, you can't eat them. Exactly. But Noom is very much like, eat things in moderation, and it felt like it changed the way I was seeing it, because with Weight Watchers, I felt like I had to cut foods out, and I felt like I could never have them again. I feel like the point system really takes place of the counting calories yeah. type yeah. Uh, mentality. And for some people it works. Like my cousin, she was on it and she mm-hmm. lost like 40 pounds and she loves it. My but mom like, lost uh, 80 pounds mm-hmm. on Weight Watchers, which is crazy. That's amazing. Yeah, it's awesome. But if it works for My you, mom isn't prone to disordered eating. I am. Yeah. So when I was seeing that like I had to cut out all these foods, my brain was saying, okay, well, I won't go over my points if I don't eat. Yeah, I thought the same thing while I was on it. I was like, I get 30 points a day, and this food is 15 already. Yeah. So I'm just better off not eating. Yeah. Um, And that was not a good way to do it. But with Noom, I've I've found that it's helping me a lot because it's like, okay, you could still eat these things but only have a certain amount. And, like, you know, like... Um, if you want to replace, they have a whole bank of recipes on the app too, which is awesome, which is really cool. Um, but the best thing about it is that I don't feel 
like they, they give you a certain amount of calories you can have in a day and they do tell you that you're going to go over your calories like it's going to happen yeah. um, but something about it I think just the way it goes about it is very much like I don't feel like I have to like never enjoy eating again yeah. you know what I mean like they say like you shouldn't be eating like a rabbit and I feel like with Weight Watchers I felt like I had to eat like a rabbit yeah. like I felt like I had to stick to certain foods and there were foods I could just never have again yeah absolutely. you know what I mean and it was it was an, it was it was frustrating it was very frustrating I feel like it's also very intense because like with Noom your accountability is what you see on the app yeah and what the app is telling you whereas with Weight Watchers your accountability is going in and being weighed by a stranger. Yeah. Which, for somebody with disordered eating and a history of that, issues with body image, is very... That was rough. Harmful. That was rough. When yeah. I would have to go in and somebody else would weigh me and tell me how much I weighed. Yeah. And they'd be like, okay, well, you gained this many pounds. And every time, it, it was like, it destroyed my mood for the day oh absolutely especially if you went in the morning oh absolutely like i remember sitting outside for like hours of a time being like i'll go into the next meeting i'll go into the next one yeah and then just never going in yeah going home and being like yeah i went i lost this many yeah and just like brushing it off that's the best part of noom is um it you weigh yourself yeah like they tell you to buy a scale i bought a scale i have it on the other side of my dorm and I weigh myself every morning. They tell you as soon as you wake up, get out of bed, go to the bathroom, and weigh yourself. Yeah. Um, and that's what I've been doing, and it's made me feel a lot better um, because I don't have somebody else being like, so you gained weight. And it's like, it, yeah. that. I don't have anybody else doing that. And now, thankfully for me, it's just, okay, I know I gained this much. Mm-hmm. Um, I know I gained this much weight or I know I lost this much weight, or I know I stayed the same, and nobody else knows about it. Yeah. So no, I don't feel like there's somebody secretly judging me. It's just this is information that I know and nobody else knows, and nobody else, I'm not going to tell anybody yeah. else about it. it's none of their business. And you it's can. nice that I could just keep my weight to myself, and I don't have to worry about somebody being like, okay, well, you weigh this much now, and that's like this much more than you were last week, and it's like... Exactly. And then having so. to, like, sit in a confessional circle being like, yeah. this is why I gained weight, and this is why I feel this program isn't working for me, with people who, for some of them, they've lost 120 pounds on yeah. this program. And they're like, well, why wouldn't it work for you? It's very judgmental. Yeah. Even though they don't mean it to be, yeah. it can very much be, like, kind of a circle of judgment. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And Noom, actually, they give you little lessons every day. Mm-hmm. about like eating like um i learned about caloric density mm-hmm. which means when foods have a low caloric density that means they're um lower in calories uh-huh. and they will fill you up quicker so okay. you can eat more of them because they have more water in them so they'll fill you more okay high caloric density foods um have higher calories mm-hmm. and they don't fill you as much so you could eat a lot of it and still be hungry yeah so stuff like red meat red meat is a big high caloric density yeah red meat has a high caloric density um so there's green yellow and red foods on noom there's green yellow and red foods and they're not like good okay or bad they're like um low caloric density somewhere in the middle and high caloric density okay um and on the app I'll show you. They give you a bank for each category of food. Yeah. So it's not like you can never have, like, a dessert. Mm -hmm. So it says to you, like, I'll show you. So you log your meals, and it gives you an analysis. It gives you a breakdown of your green, yellow, and red foods. So I get today um, 448 calories worth of red foods. Mm Mm-hmm. And I had 240 calories of red food today because I had egg and, egg and cheese on an English muffin. Mm-hmm. And that has a high caloric density. Yeah. Yellow foods, nothing. Um, and then green foods, 
are uh, foods that they don't give you a certain amount and you can have. They you tell really you you can have as much as you want, and then it adjusts the other foods accordingly. I like that a lot because mm-hmm. it takes the pressure off of like, oh my god, I have to stay in the green. Yeah, I have to stay in the green. Yeah, oh my god. Like for yellow foods, um, so red foods it says limit your portions, and yellow foods it says eat moderate portions. Mm-hmm. And for yellow foods, which is like foods in between green and red. Um, it gives you 806 calories to okay. eat. And then green foods, it doesn't matter. Like, I had today, I had an egg and cheese on an English muffin because I woke up at 2. Um, <laughs> which I shouldn't have done because I had a meeting at noon. Okay. And I slept right through it. And I emailed my advisor. And my poor advisor, my advisor, so my freshman year of college, I was severely suicidal. Yeah. I was depressed. Um, I had lost my cousin three months before I started college. So I was severely depressed. Yeah. And I was suicidal because my meds weren't working. And I found that every time my meds are not, I always know when my meds aren't working because I'm suicidal. Mm -hmm. When I become suicidal, that is how I know my meds aren't working. Mm -hmm. That's the only time I ever feel that way or ever have those kind of thoughts is when my meds aren't working. So freshman year of college, my advisor, I'm a psychology major. So my advisor was a therapist for like 40 years. Yeah. So freshman year, um, I got really close with my one professor, and him and my advisor used to work together a lot. Uh-huh. So, like, once a week, they would have a, like, well-being array meeting with mm-hmm. each other, and they would, like, talk about where I'm at yeah. and where they think I'm at and how, what they could do to help me. Mm-hmm. Because I was, on, I, was, I was on a watch list. I was on... I was on a campus watch list, so all my professors knew that if I was struggling in class, Mm -hmm. that I probably needed some extra help because Mm -hmm. I wasn't doing that well, and I was on a res life watch list, so like a couple times a week, it was like Monday, Wednesday, Mm -hmm. or like Tuesday, Thursday, um, the RAs would knock on my door and do a wellness check. Yeah. And they would be like, hey, and a lot of the time it wasn't like an actual like formal thing. Yeah. It was them being like, hey, how's your week going? Is there anything you want to talk about? Like what's going on? And I really appreciate that about my yeah. school I because at that time, important. at that time I, I needed that. Yeah. And that was good for me. Um, so uh, I was on this watch list and my advisor got a big look into where I was at and what my head was like. Uh-huh. Um, so she uh, would reach out a lot and she would be like, is there anything I can do to help? Mm-hmm. Um, spring semester, my grades tanked. Yeah. Because freshman, like fall semester, I was depressed, but I still yeah. had a 3.3 GPA. Uh-huh. Um, spring semester, I was suicidal. I was more than depressed. Yeah. And I, my grades were a nightmare, and my GPA went from a 3.3 to, like, a 2.4. Yeah, which is a huge which drop. Which is a all huge of a drop. That's full almost semester. a full point. Yeah. And it was a nightmare. It was horrible. And, um, and then I got my shit together during... Um, quarantine I use that to get my mental health together uh-huh. and to be like all right well this I can't just I can't live like this for the rest of Absolutely. my life and now everything is closed mm-hmm. there is literally nothing else for me to do except get my life together mm-hmm. and figure my shout and work yeah. on my mental health so that's what I did and sophomore year was better but it wasn't great it was better um my grades weren't stellar, but I went from a 2.41 to a 2.85. Yeah, which is also which huge. Which is also pretty big. Because once, one yeah, once you drop your GPA, it's very difficult but to But then spring back. semester, my ADHD, I don't know what happened. It got so much worse because I wasn't treating yeah. it yet. Okay. And it got, yeah. I didn't, I hadn't even been diagnosed yet. Oh, really? So it yeah, got that's, that's worlds worse. And yeah. I could not focus. I was doing really bad on my homework. Yeah. Um, and then at the end of the semester, um, I went on Vyvanse for my ADHD. So I take I take I take that every morning. Yeah. Um, and it's been helping me a lot. And I personally think, and I got two C's, a B, and an A. Mm-hmm. And my GPA really wasn't that much affected. It was 
a 2.84, and I think it's now it's a 2.86. Yeah. So it wasn't a big change, but, but it, still, it, it was still up. Yeah. And uh, I'm in a good place mentally. I'm probably the happiest I've ever been right now. That's awesome. Um, and I'm doing great. I My ADHD is being treated. I'm managing it very well. Yeah. Um, it's very difficult, especially as an older woman, to get a diagnosis yeah, with ADHD. Yeah. So it's, it's awesome that you reached out. And, like, hey. you know, yeah, it was crazy because I was so, dis like, disconnected from being a female because, you know, I'm non-binary. Yeah. And I was so disconnected from being a female that I didn't even think of, like, oh, this is something that goes undiagnosed in people yeah. with the female anatomy a yeah. lot. So when I got diagnosed, it was one of the best things that ever happened to me. Um literally ADHD and bipolar diagnosis are the best things that ever happened to me. That's why I have my little, I have a little, uh, happy face, sad face tattoo for my diagnosis. Um, so I started treating my ADHD and now I can focus. Great. I have no issues. Yeah. I have no issues. I feel like ADHD is one of those things. I've had it. Like, I don't remember a moment in my life where I have not been diagnosed. I've yeah. been diagnosed since very, very young. Yeah. Um, and not treating it is one of the worst things. Yeah. You know, some people Because it gets progressively worse really as time does. goes on. And if you look at the statistics, they just did a study mm -hmm. um, that I read about the other day out of Canada. 69% um, of teenagers with ADHD are more likely to begin substance use at yes. a young age. Yes. And adults with ADHD are 50% more likely to struggle with substance abuse at some point yes. in their life. I have read that statistic. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's um, scary. It's rough. It's rough. Um, so I started treating it. And so I was just, my advisor was there through all of that. My That's advisor so was there important. through all that. So I told her that I'm doing really well. And I told her that this year I think I'm really set up for success. That's awesome. And then I sleep through this meeting today and I get yeah. three emails from her trying to make sure I'm okay. Yeah. And I, I, I felt so bad. My alarm just didn't go off. Yeah. Like, and I, I slept till 2. It was not intentional. I was going to wake up at 10. Yeah. And I slept till 2 because I'm uh, my it runs in my family. We could sleep the whole day. I'm the same way. Um, and I just I slept through it. So I emailed her. And I could tell she was like, are you okay? What's yeah. wrong? And I emailed her back, and I was like, I'm perfectly fine. My alarm did not go off. I slept through our meeting. I'm really sorry. Um, what did you want to talk about? And then she emailed me, and that was it. That was it. And, That's uh, awesome. But she was like, I'm glad you're okay. You know I get worried. Because she, yeah. she moms me a lot. Yeah. My advisor moms me a lot. She's always like, like there, there was a day where um, after my 8 a.m., um, I walked out of class, and she saw me sitting um, in one of the lounges in the building. And she was like, so are you going to eat breakfast? Or I love And I was that. like, yes, I'm, gonna, I'm, just, <laughs> I'm just finishing something. And she was like, okay, because you need to eat. And I was like, yeah. I'm going to eat. That's so she moms important. me a lot. One That's second, so I'm going to grab my sparkling ice. Yeah, they should absolutely. still sponsor us. They really should still sponsor <laughs> us. I feel like it's really important to be able to have an advisor. Who oh my God! I thought sees that. I thought you were about to say. I think it's really important for us to get sponsored. I also think that's sparkling too. ice. Sparkling ice. Hand me my check. Thank <laughs> you. Thank you. Yeah. But like, so I went through a very similar thing. Yeah. With losing a family member, I lost my mom. Mm -hmm. Um, super suddenly, Was January that, of that wasn't expected, right? No. Okay. So, all right, let me give you the rundown. Mm -hmm. Um. She started feeling not too great, mm -hmm. uh, like end of November, beginning mm -hmm. of December 2019. We were like, all right, something's not right. You should get checked. Her balance is off. We're like, all right, it's nothing weird. You know, she was irritable, but we were like, she's stressed. My mom, um, I have a younger sister with autism. Mm -hmm. Love her to death, but it was, it's stressful on my mom. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so my mom also worked in a school where she was a one-on-one -on -one with kids with severe cerebral palsy. Okay. So kind of like a group home setting, but in an actual school, yeah. she was bouncing between being a nurse and doing like healthcare checks with the kids. Okay. So we were like, Oh, she's stressed. Yeah. Absolutely understandable. That's a hard, it's a hard job. I wonder to if have. the mic just picked that up. That was loud. <laughs> that I just cracked crack. my neck really loud. Um, I'll spare, like, the nitty-gritty, mm -hmm. but 
essentially, she ended up being diagnosed with small cell lung cancer. Okay. And within the day she was admitted to the hospital, mm-hmm. to the day she passed, it was nine days. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So was it stage four? Yeah. Wow. And the hospital did like a really, a really bad job at keeping us informed. Yeah. Like, I. I want to call it malpractice, but under yeah. New Jersey law, it's very... It's, it's, yeah. It's dicey, yeah. You know, but, um, none of my advisors seemed to care. Like, I, I, her funeral was on the day that, um, my classes for that upcoming semester were due to be, um, submitted. Like, I was supposed mm-hmm. to register for mm-hmm. that. And my ADHD was also super bad. I had stopped taking my medication. Yeah. And... I was just, like, going through it. I had just started therapy with my new therapist. Mm-hmm. Um, How's that? It's wonderful now. You like her? At this point, she had no idea this was happening. Okay. So I was, like, still dealing with it. Yeah. Not on my own. I had Yeah, but it's, impo- it's important to have a good therapist. Exactly. It's very important. I've learned that. Yeah. And I went in, and I was like, please. Like, I was basically on my hands and knees. Like, mm-hmm. let me just put me in an online class. I can't not be in class. And they were like, no, I'm sorry, we can't do that for you. Yeah. They were like, maybe sign up for summer or something. We can't help you. Yeah. And I was like, I can provide you with documentation. Under extenuating circumstances, they yeah. should they should have And made. they had done that for plenty of people before for yeah. much smaller reasons. And they were just like, nope, sorry, can't do it. Yeah. Have Where was this? Um, it's the college I still go to. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So now, thankfully, like... I found a good advisor who's super awesome Mm -hmm. and who, like, gets it. And I don't think they were trying to be as, like, get out of my office, like, pushing me away as they were. Yeah. But at the time, it definitely felt like it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, My advisor has been very helpful, and uh, I adore her. Um, So she was there through my whole situation, the whole thing. She was very empathetic. She used to, um, around the anniversary or his birthday, his birthday Mm -hmm. was usually during the spring semester, um, she would call me into her office and she'd be like, how are we feeling today? And I'd be like, not great. The six-month anniversary happened during the fall semester. Um, And... It was my. It was going to be the first Christmas without Daniel. That's hard. And she pulled me into her office. It was December second. It was six months after he died, and she pulled me into her office and she was like, "Where are we at?" And I was like, "I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not okay right now." And she yeah. was like, "What can I do?" And she was very like, "I was like, I don't know." And she kind of gave me advice on grieving. And she was like, "Just let it happen." She was like, "Just let the process take place." And she was like, "But." When you need help, you need to ask for it. And I was like, okay. So when when February came and I had a night where I really thought that was going to be it. I thought that was Mm going to be the night that I did it. I thought that was going to be the end. And I woke up the next morning. I had a friend who I'm not friends with anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, Actually, you know who talk me down oh yeah yeah talk me down and um uh it was the best thing he could have done at that time and he sat with me for a few hours and just talked me down um and then I woke up the next morning and I was like I can't I can't keep doing this so yeah I told my parents and I said I'm gonna start looking for a new therapist because I wasn't in therapy at the time Mm -hmm. it's like I'm gonna start looking for a new therapist and uh, I'm going to up my meds. And they were like, anything you need to do, we are there. We will help. And I was like, okay, thanks. Um, so I said, over spring break, I'm going to see a bunch of different therapists. I'm going to see who I like. Yeah. And I'm going to raise my meds. And spring break hit, and then we never went back to school. Yeah, COVID hit. So then I was like, now I have, there's literally nothing I can do except get my life together. Exactly. So I started seeing a new therapist. Um I, w- I waited a while to see a new therapist, though, because I knew that if I was in a place where therapy wouldn't work, like, I wasn't in the place where I could do the work yeah. that I needed to do in therapy, then it would be a waste of time. Exactly. So, basically what I did was, 
No, it's fine. <laughs> Basically, what I did was I started doing my own version of therapy. My older sister, God bless my older sister. They're the greatest person in my life. Um, they graduated with a double major in psych and sociology. So they have a very good understanding of mental health. Yeah. Plus, they've been through their own stuff. Yeah. So we started going for walks around the lake by my house That's every wonderful. day, every day. And we would process trauma and we would talk about everything that was on my mind. We would go through all the things that I had been ignoring mm-hmm. and we would take a serious look at it. And it was while I was getting outside and getting fresh air and getting exercise. And talking to somebody who you're incredibly And talking with. to somebody who I have never felt uncomfortable talking to. That's so important. And that helped me a lot. And I raised my meds. I started, I started doing yoga. I love that. I started, Yoga's very I started just going on YouTube and I did some yoga in my bedroom. I would just do like little stretches. Yeah. Um, I started reading self-help books. I read books about communication yeah. and um, recovering from trauma. Um, I'm an SA survivor, so mm. I processed that trauma during that time and I got a lot of books on... Um, that is wonderful. You know, like recovering from... You know, that situation. That trauma. All the layers of trauma that came with with that. Yeah, and it was the best thing I could have done. Quarantine's definitely the best thing that ever happened to me. I started working out. I lost 30 pounds during quarantine. That's awesome. Um, I gained it back since then, but at the same time, like, I'm not not really that mad about it. Yeah, like, why? Um... It was, a, it was a good thing to happen to me, and I got my shit together. And my advisor was there through it all. I was having weekly meetings with her. That's incredible. Even over the summer, she was meeting with me every week. Oh, my gosh. Because that, like, melts she, my heart. My advisor, a good advisor. my advisor sets aside time, no matter what she has going on, to make sure I'm okay. That is And this semester, wonderful. I told her, I was like, I don't know if we need to do a weekly meeting anymore. Like, I'm okay. I'm, I'm really happy. Yeah, like, you're in a good place. And she was like... It would make me feel better <laughs> if we still yeah. did a weekly meeting. That's and I was fair. like, okay, so we still do a weekly meeting. <laughs> You're um, like, we'll do it for you, babe. <laughs> <laughs> she's very nice. She's a, she's a very good person. Um, her name is Dr. Flater. Mm-hmm. And she's just the, like, one oh, of my... I've met her. She just is one of my favorite people on this campus. Truly a sweetheart. Just the coolest. Um, and she's helped me out with a lot. And it was funny because she helped me with stuff outside of school. Uh-huh. Like, when I was dating my ex, yeah. I would cook dinner a lot. Mm-hmm. And I told her I was making chicken marsala. And she was like, I will be on Teams. Uh-huh. If you need help, call me and I'll talk you through it. That is And I was ironic. like, she's this Italian. And she said, she was like, I'm an Italian grandmother. I'm obviously going to offer to help you. Of and course. I was like, that's very sweet. And she was very nice. Um, I, I ended up doing it by myself. I made chicken okay, all by myself. Um but she's she's a she's great and it's nice that there are a lot of times that I talk to her outside it's nice that I have a relationship with her outside of academic advising absolutely um there are times when she'll be like how's your sister how are your parents and like we talk about like my relationship with my mom which has gotten so much better and like you know like all this stuff and it's been really helpful that she's been there and I, and circling back to the healthy eating, mm-hmm. I told her that I was doing this, and she was like, you know, if you need motivation, there's this book that I read that's about, like, motivating yourself through trying to get healthy, because it can be really hard, and um, she's just so supportive, and I'm really glad that I'm doing the healthy eating, because I feel like mentally I'm in the best place I've ever been, so I yeah. want to make myself feel better physically, too. Yeah, I I want to take care of my physical health as well. Absolutely, I feel like those very much tie into one another. Like you can't work on your physical health without tackling that mental. You need to be, you need to be in the right place to take care of yourself physically. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I got my little scale. It's blue. It is. I weigh myself every morning. Like I said, I'm down a pound from last week. I've seen it progressively going down. Um which is good. I haven't gone over my calorie budget yet, mm-hmm. which I'm assuming I will. Yeah, it happens, you know. But um, also every now and then I'll have like a cookie and then I won't log it because I'm just like, I'm just going to let myself have this cookie. This like, is just for me. It's just one cookie. It's just for me. But I don't eat, I don't eat dessert <laughs> yeah. very much already. I'm assuming so, I'm a big sweets person. But my problem is I really like red meat. 
So that has a lot of calories. So yeah. I've been switching from eating steak to eating like turkey or fish. If you need a salmon recipe, good. I have a good salmon yeah. recipe. I got you. Actually, dog. I was so I um, was feeling uh, I'm three months out of a breakup. Yeah. Um, and I was feeling kind of down, and I was kind of feeling lonely the other night. And I texted Hannah. I was like, hey, I kind of want to get out of my dorm. She was like, I'm on my way. And <laughs> we went to hibachi, and I actually, I logged the lobster tail yeah. on the hibachi, and it was in the green. It was in the green, so it was very really? healthy. Yeah, which is good, because, like, I've, once I start, you know, I haven't gotten paid for my new job yet, um, uh-huh. because there's, like, a minimum amount of hours for the yeah. first paycheck. That makes sense. So, um, I'm getting paid the next paycheck. Okay. Um, so, once I get paid, like, you know... Shoprite, Aldi, Weiss—they always have yeah. sales on lobster. They do. So I could go. I could get one yeah. steamed, and I don't even—I I like it without the butter. So what I do is I get the low sodium soy sauce, and Ooh. I just dip it in that, and it's amazing. Yeah. If it's you really ever need good. an Aldi buddy, I am obsessed with that grocery store. Actually, Noom actually recommended. Um, that when you go grocery shopping, you go with a buddy who knows that you're trying to be healthy. I will go with you. So you, you can be my grocery shopping I buddy. I love grocery shopping Because I need somebody that's going to be, what, that I'm going to be like, let's buy these cookies. I need somebody that's going to be like, or we could buy fun Greek yogurt flavors. Like yes. I need somebody. And I saw this recipe that uh-huh. um, if you dip Greek yogurt or like dip fruit in Greek yogurt and then you freeze it. Yeah. And then you eat it, it tastes like cheesecake. It does. And I, I didn't know it. that. I never I even, it. I never thought of that. I love, like, <laughs> tricking yourself into eating healthier with Greek mm-hmm. yogurt. Like, right before the podcast started, I was telling Ray um, about how when I really want to have yogurt in the morning, mm-hmm. I can't really do the texture sometimes. I don't yeah. know. Like, soup, I will eat all day, every day. Yeah. Thin, Good thick, soup. Good soup. Good soup. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Greek yogurt, I don't know. It freaks me out. I don't know how to explain it. Yeah. I just add, like, probably about a third of a cup. I don't really measure it. Yeah. Um, Of, like, chocolate chips. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's good. It tastes like a chocolate chip. You'd be surprised. A lot. There's a lot of yogurt in one cup. There is. In a cup of yogurt. It's a lot of yogurt. I had a cup of yogurt today. It was 90 calories. Wow. Non-fat Greek strawberry yogurt. It was 90 Uh calories, and I I was satisfied. Yeah. It was like a good snack. I had that and a shot of espresso. Hell yeah. And a shot of espresso was three calories. Wow. Which I was very proud of, and it was funny because I logged it, Mm -hmm. and it didn't even show up in the thing because it was three calories. Yeah. Um, It's very good. Yeah, I, I like espresso. I'm perfectly fine with just having a shot of espresso with some, like, stevia. Oh, yeah. In it. Like, that's three calories. I don't need a latte every time I want coffee. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm perfectly fine with just, I have, I don't know, you can't see, but I have these little espresso mugs. Oh, those are espresso mugs. They're for espresso. The last podcast, I sat here staring at them. Uh, Yeah, they're for espresso. They're for espresso. They're like mini cups. They're for a shot of espresso. Yeah. They say, oh, those are cute. They're really cute. They say hot stuff. That one says Deja Brew. I love that. And then I have one over there that says Rise and Grind. Oh, that's iconic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, eating healthy is very hard, though. It's incredibly It's very difficult. hard. Because there are a lot of times that when you eat healthy, you, you do feel like you have to cut things out. But yeah. when you eat in moderation, it's so much better. Like, mm-hmm. I had... Like, if, you, if you're if you at a birthday party, mm-hmm. and there's a slice of cake, eat the damn cake. Like, yeah. you're at a birthday party. Yeah, Like, exactly. just eat a slice of cake, and if you go over a calorie budget, it's one freaking day. Exactly. Like, it's fine. Like, you don't have to torture yourself yeah. and never have food. And it takes a while to learn that. Yeah. And even, like, after you learn it sometimes, like, you'll catch yourself being, like... Mm, yeah do i really need it and it's no but like 
you're gonna go home and be like, I wish I had that. Yeah, the app um, says like it's not like you don't have to never eat for pleasure. Like there yeah. can be foods that you eat just because they taste good. I think that's you really know what important. I mean. That's really important. It's important to not feel like you have to restrict yourself. Exactly. Like because when I was restricting be myself, joy. that was feeding into my eating disorder. Same. So I found that it's much better to just eat in moderation instead of having two slices of cake have one which know. is like as a person with a history of disordered eating is really difficult in and of itself to learn absolutely especially like like we mentioned with the mental health stuff going through grief you mm-hmm. and i both went through really really intense bouts of of grief that can really bring up toxic behaviors towards food and so it's really difficult to after you've worked through it after you've in a sense recovered from that disordered eating or eating disorder or Mm -hmm. whatever you want to call it Mm -hmm. and you're in a good place and then all of a sudden you're hit with this freight train of like depression or undiagnosed mental health issues or grief or grief you kind of have to completely relearn you kind of yeah, just have to like be a sense of joy. Yeah, you kind of just have to like rework yeah. your the way you see it. Absolutely. You kind of have to like change the way you look at things. Yeah. Which can be really tough. It can cuz you really have to face a lot of stuff that you don't want to face. You yeah, know? absolutely. You really have to sit back and be like why am I doing this? Why do like I know I have a really bad history of um emotional eating. Mm-hmm. So like why was that what I learned yeah. to cope with? What can I replace that with? Absolutely. Which is so difficult. Absolutely. Yeah. It can be tough. And um, I'm glad that I found something that I feel like is genuinely helping me. Yeah. Um, and also, it uses psychology. So, and it informs you. So, I've mm-hmm. learned a lot about, like, um, like, triggers for food. Yeah. And, like setting goals and Mm -hmm. like they were saying like set a realistic goal so like my goal is that um eventually Uh uh-huh i'll hit my goal weight that is my goal that eventually i'll hit my goal weight and then they ask you why you want to why you're making the goal you're making and they say like it shouldn't be about the way you look so my goal is i want to hit my goal weight so i feel better yeah i don't care if i'm skinny Mm -hmm. i don't i don't think i ever will be skinny i'm in the same boat as you and i don't care i don't care i'm perfectly fine with being plus size but i do want to be healthy exactly And i do have high cholesterol it's not crazy high but it's a little bit higher than it should be and i want to be healthy and i feel like if i hit my goal weight there's a lot less things i have to worry about exactly you know especially with like heart problems have happened in my family before and I want to make sure that I don't have to worry about that like I want to make sure I can live a healthy like a long life you know yeah. what I mean so you know my grandma's my grandma's a hundred a queen and I want I, I would like to live not to a hundred maybe a hundred but I would like to live long enough that I could say I lived yeah. a full life you don't want to die before you get the chance yeah to that's, yeah that's like an absolute I want and I want to live a healthy life I don't want to have to be worrying about things my whole life exactly so if I take care of it now while I'm in my 20s it's a lot yeah. easier to take care of than when I'm and the less and the less damage it'll cause because mm-hmm. while while being plus size isn't a health issue within itself. Yeah. It can, in certain cases, exacerbate have underlying. Yes. Yeah. Like, I have PCOS and I recently. I also have PCOS. It, you're at like 50% higher chance of diabetes. Yes. You're at like 25% chance higher of, um, for those of you who, yeah. uh, Cardiovascular diseases. Yeah. For those of you who don't know what PCOS is, PCOS is polycystic ovarian syndrome. Mm -hmm. And it, basically means that we have um benign cysts on our ovaries Mm -hmm. which can cause um hormonal issues yes so weight gain um facial hair acne um i actually have the other type of pcos there are apparently four types i don't know oh okay there's four types um i couldn't name them off the top of my head but i mm-hmm. personally as far as i'm aware we haven't done the scan mm-hmm. from what my doctor was telling me um and from what runs in my family mm-hmm. i don't actually have the benign cysts okay i just have 
all of the hormonal issues that okay. come along with it. Okay. At least that's as far as I'm aware. Yeah, no. I have friends who are in the same boat. You know? Yeah, I get that. Um, that's why when I hit puberty, I gained a ton of weight. And yeah. it was because of my PCOS. No, I'm I'm in the same boat. It was like... I gained weight for no reason. Yeah. I, and it was... Now that I look back on it, it was because of my PCOS. And it didn't help that I had binge eating disorder for a while growing up. That was my senior um, year of high school. Absolutely. As really a kid. As a kid. Probably like 11 to like 14, I struggled with binge eating disorder. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would just... I would go crazy. I would go crazy. Yeah. And then 16 hit... And I started struggling with bulimia. Mm-hmm. And that was rough. And I was on and off That's with that rough. until probably end of senior year. I was on mm-hmm. and off with that. That was a good two or three years that I was struggling with that. Mm-hmm. So it's rough. It's rough. And um, it's being plus sized is not a negative thing. It's not just the way you are. Exactly. Some people are just born to have bigger bodies. And yeah. that's okay. Yeah, and I'm I'm plus sized. I have been for a long time. So I'm, am I. I'm fine with it. Yeah. But I do want to be healthy. I don't care if I'm skinny. I want to be healthy. That's my thing too. I don't care if I'm plus sized and healthy. Yeah. I just want to be healthy. I don't care how I look. Yeah. I don't care about being skinny. I mean, it would be nice to lose some weight. Yeah. But I'm not, that's not my self-worth is not wrapped around it, and I don't care. Yeah. You know, like, I'm not. And that's I'm also not, so important. I'm not obsessed with being skinny. Yeah. I'm not. Yeah. But I do want to hit my goal weight because I know I'll feel physically better when I, when I am at that weight. Yeah. I know health-wise, it'll, it'll be better to be at a lower weight. Yeah. And I get that. But. It's for health. It's not because of the way I look. Yeah, it's not like you're... I can't stress that enough. Exactly. I went through a period where I was like, I need to get back to my high school weight because I look back on pictures of me in high school. Yeah. And this also, like, speaks truth to, like, the idea that your worth can't come from your size. Mm-hmm. Because when I look back on pictures of myself from high school, I hated myself. There is no yeah. way to sugarcoat that. I thought I was the size of a beached whale. Yeah. I was so convinced that I was the ugliest and the fattest and the worst Absolutely. person ever. Absolutely. And now that I am plus size, mm-hmm. I look back and I'm like, why did I think that way? Yeah. I was being When I was in high school, when I was at my lowest weight, I was miserable. Same. I was miserable. When I was Absolutely. at my lowest weight in high school, it was sophomore year of high school, and I was in the hospital. Yeah. I was miserable. Yeah. I was miserable. Yeah. My I, life I was, was a same boat. nightmare. Yeah. I was depressed. I was suicidal at the time. I was in a hospital program because I, I needed the extra support. Yeah. It was it was intense. It was intense. But God bless my dad and my mom and my sister because they got me through it. I told you about the grilled cheese. The grilled cheese. My dad, oh my every time I think of my dad. Or this I have is a, my favorite story. I so associate grilled cheese with my dad because my dad makes the best grilled cheese I've ever had in my life. Absolute best grilled cheese. It's a heart attack on a plate, but it's the greatest, (laughs) it's the greatest grilled cheese I've ever had in my life. And when I was in high school and I was in the hospital, um, I was in a partial hospitalization program where I would come home at night, which is what Mm -hmm. I needed because I couldn't have been in the residential. Yeah, residential is hard. I was in the program for three months and I couldn't have been away from home for that long. Yeah, no. Um, so, my dad didn't really know how to help. So, I would come home from group, or I would come home from the program, and I would have been in group. And I would say, you know, um, this is really hard. Like, you know, all these people have all these horrible situations, and I don't. And it's like, this kid's dad puts cigarettes out on him. Or, like, this kid's mom snorts cocaine in front of him. And I'm oh like, and then there's me that's like, I don't know why I'm depressed. So it made me feel bad. Yeah. Um, and my dad, I would come home and I would be upset. And my dad wouldn't know how to help. So he'd be like, he would make me a grilled cheese. And he would make me a grilled cheese. And if we had chocolate syrup, he would make me chocolate milk. And uh, and then usually that night he would make cookies because my dad also makes amazing cookies. That is wonderful. So he would make me a grilled cheese and I would have a grilled cheese for dinner and then he'd be like, I got cookies in the oven. And I'd be like, okay, thanks. Aww. When I broke up with my boyfriend, 
um, it was the best thing to do, but it was also hard. And I was sad. And that night, my dad was like, I made cookies. And I was like, oh. thanks, Dad. He was like, would cookies make you feel better? And I was like, yes. <laughs> and so he made cookies. Um, but my dad, and th- I think that has a lot to do with why mm-hmm. I show love with food, honestly. When I... My family and I are the same I cook way. for people. I make lattes. I show love with food. Yeah. And I think it's because growing up, my dad would often not know how to help and he couldn't because he didn't he did he's not a professional he didn't know what to do absolutely so he just did what he could which was to make me feel better in the moment so he would make me a grilled cheese and he would make cookies and uh that is something that i always remember when i think about my dad and um that was that was a good memory of that but um you know it, it was it was helpful to have parents that were so willing to help me when I was struggling. Any time I've ever struggled with my mental health, majorly, my parents have always been like, what can we do? How do we help? We're here. Yeah, I think that's so important. Like, what do you need? And they were always, that was always the attitude they had. And I was very lucky. Because I know a lot of people whose parents um, are like, you're not depressed. You're not sad. You're fine. And then it's like, no, I am. And my parents never questioned whether I was depressed. They were always like, okay, this is how you're feeling. You can't change that. What can we do to help? Yeah. And it was always very helpful to me to hear them to be so willing to help me. And yeah. were your, was your family, like, willing to help you? Um, towards the end of high school, definitely. Yeah. You know what I mean? I wasn't super open with them, so I mm-hmm. can't fault them for that whatsoever. Yeah, they can't really help if they exactly. don't know. Exactly. They didn't know. Um... My mom was super willing to put me in therapy. I went through a lot of bullying when I was younger. Yeah. So she put me in a therapy program. Some parents are very yeah. um, apprehensive about therapy. Absolutely. Because a lot of the time, like, our parents' generation didn't go to therapy. No. They didn't go to therapy. That wasn't a thing they did. They toughed it out. Exactly. And that's not healthy. And now we know that. So more people now are going to therapy, but because it's such a generational difference a lot of parents are like you don't need therapy and it's like my parents put me in therapy when i was in like first or second grade because i I was being bullied and i was having behavioral problems because of the the Mm -hmm. bipolar and the adhd yeah and i couldn't control my emotions and they were hesitant to medicate me because um and when i asked my dad i was like why did you take so long to medicate me he was like Mm -hmm. we didn't know a lot about it at the time and we were worried that you would be a zombie and he That's was like, fair. you had a very outgoing, social... And they didn't want to stifle that. ...personality. Yeah. And they were like, we wanted you to be you. We didn't want you to be in a haze. That's wonderful. Um, so they waited a while. But when yeah. I was probably in, like, fourth or fifth grade, I got put on a mood stabilizer. Mm-hmm. That's the best thing that they could have done. Yeah. Um, I was too young to be diagnosed bipolar, but they were like, yes. okay, well, you're having severe mood swings, so we'll give you a mood stabilizer. Yeah. And that was great. And that, But I've been in therapy since I was in, like, first, second, third grade. Yeah, pretty much um, same. And it, it's, it's been very helpful throughout Absolutely. my life. Absolutely. And I'm seeing a therapist now. Her name is Jessica. Mm-hmm. She's a CBT therapist, so okay. she does cognitive behavioral therapy, and that's been really helpful. Mm-hmm. That's been really helpful. Yeah, I've heard CBT is incredibly it's helpful. It's been really good. It's been really helpful for mood swings, anxiety, the breakup, trauma, yeah. like all that stuff has been, she's been great. She's been really helpful that's about wonderful. it. wonderful. Yeah, my family was super like, I remember I went to therapy in high school, mm-hmm. and I ended up stopping it. Um, I just wasn't really ready. Yeah. And still, I'm really not in a place where I'm, every time we talk on the phone, like, here's every little thing that bothered me this week. I'm still not to that point. Yeah. But I remember I stopped, and then one night, I I worked at the group home for a while, which is, which is difficult work. Yeah, that's tough. It's tough. Um, and I came home, and I was coming home, and every night I came home, my mom would sit there, and she would have a plate. Of her favorite carrot cake from Wegmans, which if you like carrot cake and you haven't yeah. tried, you need to try. It's yeah. incredible. Um, and we would sit and we would talk. Oh, that's really sweet. And I remember one of the patients that I had at the group home, or residents, I don't want to call them patients. Yeah. Um, she passed away. Oh, wow. Um, after like a long health issue. I won't get into it. Yeah, but it's rough. 
um, my mom was just basically like, I don't want you to take this the hard way. I think you need to go back to therapy. And at first I was like, how dare you say that? What's wrong with me that you feel I need to go get help? And then yeah. I sat back and I was like, you know what? No, like she's really right. Like I'm not in a good place. I need to go seek therapy. Yeah. And I did. And now like I get on the phone with, with my therapist, Jen, mm -hmm. like once every two weeks. And she's like, how's the family? And I'm like, girl, let me spill the tea. Yeah. And it's, it's wonderful. It's, that's, a great, it's that's the best incredible. place to do it. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I have therapy once every two weeks. Um, I was doing every week for a while, but mm -hmm. I've been doing really good. And, um, I have once every two weeks. Um, and my issue was, um, I was worried about my sense of security with therapists. I was worried yeah. about like when I got to a point that they were going to be like, you don't need therapy anymore. That's scary. And I was worried that they were going to be like, I'm not, we're not going to do therapy anymore. Yeah. And I would still feel terrifying. like I needed it. Exactly. So, cause I'd had that happen before. Oh really? I know people yeah. who have had that happen as yeah. well. Yeah. So, um, what I did was I, I told her that and I said, I was like, listen, like I get anxious that if, I start feeling better, you're going to want to stop doing therapy. Yeah. I was like, I know I do better when I have somebody to talk to once a week or once every two weeks um, about little things that I'm thinking about. And she was like, I'm not going to terminate therapy until you want to terminate therapy. That's really important. I was important. like, that helps me a lot. That's so I was important. like, you know, that helps me a lot. So we see each other once every two weeks. Um, we just talk about stuff. Sometimes mm -hmm. it's just a quick check-in, but other times it's like a legit conversation. Yeah. Um, and it's it's been good. It's been really helpful. Yeah. It's been really helpful. Yeah, so, absolutely. Therapy is therapy's great. I yeah. I personally think everybody should be in therapy. A hundred percent. Even if you don't feel like you need therapy, just having somebody who's unbiased. Everybody has somebody something they exactly. want to talk about. Exactly. Everyone like, has something they want to talk about. Even if you about. don't feel like you're ready. Who knows when something's going to happen? Like, yeah. for me, I had my first session with Jen. Mm -hmm. And then the next session, she was like, how are you? And I was like, oh, uh, I don't know how to tell you this, but my mom died. And she yeah. was like, what? Yeah. And having that, first of all, was really unexpected. Because if I didn't already have a therapist, I probably wouldn't have sought it out. Yeah, I probably not. I became a hermit after that. I yeah. didn't do any of my classes. I wasn't seeing friends. The only person yeah. I was seeing was my boyfriend, and that was to make sure that he knew I was That was alive. actually how we became better friends. Yeah, um, it was. We got some time, so let's tell the story of how we met. Oh, my God. I um, story. We became friends. Um... Probably a year. We we really started hanging out like a year after we met. Yes. Um. So basically, what happened was I went to a party. I went to a frat party. Mm -hmm. My fall semester of freshman <laughs> year, and I was already depressed, yeah. and I hated it. And my school does something called fills, F Y L, <laughs> which is a first year leader. Yep. And my first year leader was Leanna, oh, I love who her. is a friend of ours, who actually texted me the other day to see, say she wanted to get together with uh, me. And I was like, I absolutely. Um, so I texted her and I was like, listen, um, are you busy? And she was like, what's up? I was like, I just left a frat party and I'm not feeling very good. Mm -hmm. And not even a minute later, she called me. I was like, where are you? You're coming over. And she I was like, is literally okay. the kindest and most caring person and I've ever been. I posted on Facebook the other day the memory of, like, yes. that I had gone to her apartment that night. Um, and she commented, I still remember running like a bat out of hell yeah. out of my apartment. <laughs> um, and I remember she was in full mom mode, full oh, yeah. protective mode. Oh, yeah. Um, and she invited me over. And um, we sat in her apartment. And it was you, me, Marissa... Sarah, mm -hmm. Kristen, and Adrian. Christina. Oh, Christina. Right, right, <laughs> I was right. like, Kristen. Right, Christina. Kristen. No, 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 no. I, I knew her name, but so, uh, one of our, somebody I know used to call her Kristen. Oh, really? Yeah, so my brain went to what somebody used to say. That's fair. So, yeah, Christina and Adrian, and you were there. I was there. And the fugitive. I remember um, the you guys had gotten pizza. 
And Leanna was like, there's a couple slices left. Do you want pizza? And I was like, no, you guys ordered that. And she was like, eat the pizza. And I was she like, did okay. you eat yet? And you were like, no. And she was like, eat, eat the pizza. She was like, eat the pizza. pizza. And I was like, damn, okay. <laughs> so I had to eat the pizza. So I was eating pizza. And I was sitting next to you. Yes. And Adrian was, play- was playing video games. Yep. And... I looked over at you, and you were wearing these, like, flowy pants. I was. I remember saying, like, I love your pants. You were like, thanks! I got them at Torrid! And I was yes. like, oh, I love Torrid. And we started talking about Torrid. Yes. Um, and then Leanna actually said to me, like, how's the situation with your roommate going? Because I was having a lot of issues with my roommate. Mm-hmm. She scorched earth me in our friend group because oh she gosh. moved out. Apparently her mom convinced her that because I was crying a lot and I'm bipolar that I was dangerous. So she moved out and told our entire That's friend gross. group that I was dangerous. Oh, my God. So they, they wouldn't hang out with me You're anymore. Kidding. One of them got a no-contact order on me, so I couldn't be in the same room as them. Yeah. What? Yeah. So oh I was God. upset, and I remember Leanna being like, how's that going? And I was like, honestly, I'm just finding other friends. Yeah. And you were like, what, what happened? And I explained it to you. I was like, my, it, my roommate moved out. Um, my friends and my, our friend group has stopped hanging out with me. Mm-hmm. And I remember you said to me, <laughs> you said, where is she? I'll throw myself on the ground in front of her so when she trips over me and falls, I'll be like, you didn't see me? Yeah. And I remember you saying this to me. We and only I started know each other like 20 minutes. Maybe 20 minutes. And maybe. I started crying laughing. Yeah. Because it was the nicest thing anyone had ever said to me. And also <laughs> the weirdest thing anyone had ever said to me. Like of all things for me to choose. And I was like. Rolling on the ground. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I love you. And I remember saying to you, I was like, oh my God, I love you. And you were like, I love you too. I can tell. And I was yeah. like, okay. So I didn't really. I saw you a couple times after that, but it wasn't a lot. Yeah. And, uh, and then COVID hit, and then this, probably the fall semester started of my sophomore year, and I thought enough time had passed. I had seen that you had talked about your mom, and I saw that enough time had passed, so I texted you, and I said, yes. hey, um, I just wanted to let you know, I saw that you lost somebody. I'm going through grief right now, too. I get it. If you ever want to get together and talk, I'm here. Which, honestly, like, I've never said this, but I lost a lot of people after everything happened. Mm -hmm. The way they reacted, with the Mm -hmm. way that they treated me, I kind of felt like I became, like, just the sad friend. Mm -hmm. Like, no one took it seriously. And the people who did stay didn't get it, you know? Like, my boyfriend is the most wonderful and patient person I've ever met. Mm -hmm. But he didn't quite get it. Nobody does. Who who trains you to know how to deal with... Your friend who loses a parent at the age of 19. You don't, so you don't get you it. You reaching out. Yeah. Literally, I remember being like, oh, my God, this is the the best thing anybody could have done. For oh. Me. Yeah. <laughs> I, it, like, took a weight off my shoulders. I was like, I have somebody. Yeah. Like, that feels so yeah. good. And, um, and then we started hanging out. And yeah. it was like we got together over Christmas break. Yeah. And I think we had coffee. Yes. And we just talked about grief for a while. Yeah. And I remember we we sat in a coffee shop for a while just talking about yeah. grief. Um, and then after that, we started hanging out more, yes. which was really fun. And then now you're just one of my best friends, and I yeah. just adore you. <laughs> um, and I remember, and you came out to see me a couple times this summer, which uh-huh. I really appreciated because... Um, some of my friends were just so busy, and then I texted yeah. you, and you were like, I'm busy, but I'm coming, and I was yeah. like, okay. <laughs> so, it was, I, I very much enjoy hanging out yeah. with you, but it's so um, much fun. that was kind of how we became closer, yeah. was just me understanding grief and knowing it's really hard, and just reaching out and being like, listen, yeah. like, I see what you're going through. I'm here if you need anything. Uh, let me know if you want to talk. I get it. Yeah. And I remember you really appreciating that. And we started talking a lot on Facebook. Mm -hmm. We started talking on Messenger a lot. Yeah. And I remember we started talking about a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, I remember I met my boyfriend, uh, Mm -hmm. my, well, my ex. And I remember he was a great person, a big, big upgrade from my first relationship. Yeah. And I remember telling you that. And you were like, oh, (laughs) is this okay? (laughs) I was so excited. And then I remember telling you when things were starting to go south with that, too. Yeah. And I remember, like, explaining how I was feeling and you being like, dump his ass. And yeah. I was like, oh, okay. We don't have time for nasty, 
men who don't put in the effort. We yeah. don't have that. And it's it's not that he was a bad person because no. he wasn't. No, he, he seemed like an person. absolutely wonderful person. Yeah, but it's also, just uh, it is my job as the best. Friend yeah, absolutely. To be like, dump him. My problem was that my ex was very kind of a recluse. Yeah, and I'm very social. Like, and when yeah. I wanted him to meet my friends, it was a fight. And that was really yeah. hard. Um, and there was not as much effort being put in on his end as there was on mine. So that was tough, too. Um, so that was why the relationship ended. But it was never that he was a bad person. Absolutely. But I just remember you being like, and I was yeah. like, okay, okay. And then I did. And I remember telling you, I was like, yeah, like, I broke up with him. And I think two days later, you texted me and you said, like, Hey, I'm off work. I'm coming to get you. And I was yeah. like, why? And you were like, because. And I was like, okay. And we went out and you were like, spill it. And I just, we just talked about yeah. it. And that was really helpful for me. Yeah. And that was really nice. Um, and I just appreciate you very much. I appreciate so. you. <laughs> but, um, yeah. Uh, I didn't do a lot of healthy eating at that point. Yeah. <laughs> Ate a lot of uh, chocolate and ice that. cream. I feel that. I drank a lot. Yeah. That sounds bad, but it was just like my friend came, my yeah. friends came over a couple of nights. Sometimes you just need Yeah, my fr- it was I just my friends came over a couple yeah. of nights and we would it wasn't like I was going crazy. We were sitting in my living room watching movies and drinking cocktails. Yeah. And that was it. But yeah, it happened it's quite so a bit. Therapeutic. It was very therapeutic. Yeah, it was very nice. Um we have hit our time. We have. It has been an hour and t- 5 minutes. Oh my god. So, yeah. So um, clearly this podcast is going to be very easy to film yeah. to record each week absolutely because that felt like maybe we were sitting here for 20 minutes maybe at, maybe at 20 minutes yeah so we hope you enjoyed this episode this was more about mental health than the last yeah, one yeah we weren't expecting it to be so I wasn't expecting it center, to be such a but I'm very a, glad we covered it yeah you know yeah mean. absolutely absolutely so um, we hope you'll tune in next week for the mildly unstable podcast and uh any final thoughts? Um, maybe think about going to therapy if you haven't. If you haven't, it, and it's, if it's you a great need thing, help, seek it. You don't need to yeah. have a big thing to go to therapy. You could just be Absolutely. like, I just want somebody to talk to. Yeah, that's great. That's a great reason to go to therapy. Exactly. And so. sometimes, even if you need to stare at your therapist and you have nothing to say. Like, I know my therapist, when we do that, she's like, here's a board game. Let's play Uno. And I'm yeah. like, I'm going <laughs> to kick your butt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're going to need therapy after this. <laughs> Can you imagine? I'm going ki- to beat you so hard, you're going to need, need to seek your therapy. You're going to need your own therapist. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so we hope you enjoyed. And uh, be on the lookout for future episodes. Absolutely. Have a good one, you guys. Have a good week. <laughs>